welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we have a significant discussion for anyone desiring of or contemplating a different job or career or going after a business. My co-host, Michelle Prince, and I ask this question on Facebook. Is there a challenging area in your life where you're struggling to understand how you can change things for the better? The responses were almost all around one issue, choosing and going after jobs or careers or a business that is more fitting and rewarding. So we just made this the focus. If you're not in a job you love or you're interested in going after self-employment, this show is really power packed. Now that initial question came from a short message from Zig Ziglar himself, which I'm going to give to you right now. How many of you honestly and sincerely believe, as a matter of fact, you're totally convinced beyond any doubt, there's something you can specifically do in the next two weeks that would make your personal life, your family life, and your business life all worse? (laughs) May I see your hands in the live audience, okay? You probably know the uh, next question then. How many of you believe there's something you can specifically do that will make all of them better, okay? Now, as you listen to this on tape, I hope you're responding to me as well. How many of you believe that the choice is yours? Can I see your hands? How many of you believe that every choice has an end result? May I see your hand? How many of you believe making the right choices is your responsibility? All right. Now, in these seconds that we've been talking, and it's actually a little less than 77 seconds, here's what you have said, whether you realize it or not. You have just said that regardless of how good or bad my past has been, regardless of how good or bad my present is, there's something I can specifically do now that will make my future either better or worse. And the choice is mine. Now, folks, that's profound. Everything is choice. For example, for 24 years of my adult life, by choice, I weighed well over 200 pounds. Now, the reason I say by choice is uh, simply because I have never accidentally eaten anything. (laughs) Always a choice. Now, if I choose to eat too much, then I have chosen to weigh too much. You are where you are in many ways because of a series of choices that you have made. Let me say something that I think is very important. A few minutes ago, you made the observation that the responsibility was yours to make the right choices. Now, responsibility carries a lot of weight in life. Barbara Touchman, two-time Pulitzer Prize winner, said the number one need we have in our society today are people who will accept responsibility. And that is so tremendously true. Well, Michelle, this question here of a challenging area in your life that you're struggling to understand how you can how you can change things for the better. How can you get started? And we really, the questions or the the feedback that came back was really centered around the same kind of two areas. And so I think we had one in the past where most of the feedback came back uh, with weight loss. This one just so happens to be about people who are looking at going into self-employment or pursuing a self-employment endeavor. And I thought it was relevant enough that we'll just make that the focus uh, of the show today. So uh, I know this is an area, you know, well, and uh, that's all I've <laughs> ever, fun. all I've ever known as well. All right. And, and, uh, some of these people asked to remain anonymous. So I will just do that uh, with all of them. But, uh, 
So the first one says, I have a big problem breaking away from the safety of a job and moving into self-employment. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm good at what I do, but what if I fail? And it's not just for me, but also my family. Well, I'm going to lump this one in with it too, because it's also very similar, I think. Uh, she says, I struggle with knowing how to set to do's for the day at home and office. She's a realtor. I feel like my husband and I both need life coaches. We both work for ourselves and we're struggling. We don't know our numbers. We bought productivity planners and took a trip to set goals and have done nothing with it since we got home. I'm tired of excuses and tired of spending money on self-help stuff that we don't apply. Well, Michelle, to start off with, I feel like she probably spoke for a significant amount of our Ziggler listeners and, and the, the personal development self-help world, world overall. We know that all of us enjoy listening to it. It's inspirational. It keeps our hope alive, but we can all go for years not really taking action. And it really brings us, I think, back to that crux of, well, I think a good place to start and, and uh, is how bad do you want it? You know, how, <laughs> what, or, or maybe just the why, I mean, that's, you know, Simon Sinek who we interviewed start with why is why? do you feel like that is a good place to start is, is really clarify. Why do you want this? Well, definitely. I mean, we, when we get clarity on the why everything else seems to fall into place where, you know, you're not making or forcing things to happen. You're, you're, you're setting goals, you're making plans and you're following through because you have a very clear why, but that's not, you know, easier said than done. And just to, just to give a little bit of hope, I mean, for all of us who love personal development and leadership and business development, all these things that can make us better people and business owners, we have, I'm speaking for myself, countless programs and courses and books and audios to listen to. And, and yes, it can be overwhelming, but there's a reason, uh, you know, it's been said that that's called shelf help, <laughs> meaning you buy it and it ends up on a shelf and you don't actually apply it. So uh, you're in good company, but how do we get, how do we get past that? I want to, I want to touch on the first person that you mentioned because they were, they were talking about wanting to get into their own business and, and worried that, you know, the security net of, of leaving a job, you know, what if they fail? I really want to touch on that because I, I can understand this extremely well because even after I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to start a business of speaking and coaching and training and seminars and all the things that I get to do now. But when I was in corporate America, I, I really didn't know how to make that leap. And one of the things I, I discovered and that I also share with some of my clients is you don't have to jump 100%. Meaning if there is a way to start building a business on the side, at night, on the weekends, and get that ball moving before you just completely jump off a cliff, that's always my biggest recommendation. Because when you are struggling to put food on the table, it is really difficult to be creative or very difficult to be, you know, doing what it's going to take in order to be successful. That's what I did. I actually started my business when I was still working another job and my nights and my weekends were spent building the business that I have today, writing the book that I wanted to write, going out and speaking um, all, you know, in my spare time. But that spare time eventually started something that became full time. Yeah. What do you, 
What are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? absolutely. Well, I mean, well, you know, starting off where you just said about the why, I do see we have a lot of people who want to go after self-employment because they don't like where they're at. They don't like that focal point. And we're going to hit a question here in a minute or, or some feedback that talks about that. So they don't like where they're at. Okay, great. That's, that's a place, one place to start. And then they think, I wish I could do something that I actually enjoyed. Okay. There's, there's another piece, but it's still different than what, what we started with Michelle. What, what is the, why, what does that vision look like of where I'm going to get? And I have found over the years and working with so many people, thousands, literally trying to go from traditional employment to self-employment and they haven't gotten really clear on what that end looks like, what the payoff looks like one. And then two, and the one that I think gets, gets a vo or it gets left un unthought about is what is the risk of staying where you are? Most people, if you're in a job, you don't enjoy, you're not fulfilled. You don't feel purpose in it and yada, yada. Chances are you are not going to keep up to speed of where you need to be. And you're going to get overtaken by somebody who really wants that job. They do want it. And, and to that extent, I'd say, you know what? You're stealing their job. That's their, you've got somebody else's a job that would be a gift to them. But generally what will happen is you'll lose it. At some point, you'll lose the job, you'll lose the opportunity, and then you're in survival mode. I think we talked about this in the last show together, Michelle. You'll be in survival mode where you cannot make the best decisions because now you don't have the bandwidth to. So again, looking at the risk of staying where you are, can you endure it for another year, two years, five years? Get real on that. That should be a big motivating point. But then also, what's the vision of what's before you. And yeah, our first, our first feedback here, he said, what if I fail? This isn't just for me, but it's for my family. Absolutely. Uh, there's nothing more you'll do to inspire your family than you going after something that inspires you. You know, and that's where it's, it goes back to the clarity piece, because there's really no lack of things we could do as a business. There's so many ideas and opportunities, but it really has to be, you have to have clarity on what you enjoy doing what do you see yourself doing on a day-to-day -day basis? What kind of people do you want to interact with? You know, having that clarity up front will help you to enjoy the journey. One of the biggest, uh, well, actually, I'll start this. One of the books that I wish I would have read before I started my business was Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, uh, The E-Myth Revisited, actually. And oh my gosh, I read that about two years into my business and immediately it clicked. I started a business that I doing what I love to do, but I didn't realize that there's a whole lot of things that have to take place in a business that you may not love doing. And so I, I, I want to just put that out there that that if you don't like your job, that's one thing. But you aren't going to, you know, having a business is not just all uh, you know, a piece of cake. It's it's the pieces you like, but then there might be other pieces. For me, the example was I love to speak and I love to motivate and I love to encourage, but I did not love managing my books. <laughs> but, you know, I learned really quick that if you don't learn to do that, you're not going to have a business. So when you have that clarity up front, though, what do you want to do and what do you enjoy doing? And then being you know, clear on that there are other pieces of the puzzle that have to happen in order for a business to be successful. Uh, I just thought that was a, a great book and I highly recommend it for anyone thinking about starting. Uh, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. If you don't know Michael Gerber's book, that's one of the classics that you, you, you break your teeth on 
Mm -hmm. uh, getting that book and understanding it. And he talks about the entrepreneurial seizure, those people who come in and they think, Oh, I, you know, I'm a plumber doing this work for the boss. I want to do it for myself, make the profit and you know, have more flexibility. You just had an entrepreneurial seizure. You have no idea how to run a business and what it really entails. Not to make that sound negative, but there's a lot there. But a couple of things that you said, um, well, well, one, you know, again, back to the idea of your family, uh, for those who are in this, we often hear issues with people who want to do something else and they're not in union with your spouse. That's a deal killer. And I know, uh, chiefest of centers right here. And I have done some things where I was not in union or I coerced union, un you know, so-called unity for my <laughs> wife in it. And it is usually a death knell for whatever you are doing. So that's a place to start for some people. Literally, you're going to start with marriage counseling. What's the first step to towards doing something else? It may be marriage counseling uh, for those of you who are married, but then go further with your kids, allowing them to understand your desires, your frustrations with where you're at, get them on board. Let this be a family thing. And that's not going to be comfortable for some people. For some, it will be. Uh, this is Mark Tim, our CEO of Ziegler family. It's what he works on getting families onto the same page. I will say this though, and here's my testimony that I want to, it's a soapbox for me. My dad, Dan Miller, uh, author of 48 days of the work you love and a, a real well-known guy there. Here's a reality as his kid. The, one of the things that I appreciate the most is seeing him and my mom go after their inspirations, go after what really mattered to them and being along for the ride and seeing the failures and the hardships. I, if, if I could go back again, I'd have it happen just like it did. I love that one year we're driving a Cadillac and the next year, some jalopy that we're all incredibly embarrassed about. I got to see that and it gave me faith. It gave me faith. And yet as parents, our tendency is to insulate our kids from any hardship it just doesn't provide them a whole lot. Again, it doesn't mean you have to end up in the gutter and be homeless and on welfare to do that. But my kids know lean times. They know a lean okay. Christmas. They know, they know not having the fanciest car or whatever. And, and then they know the other side and they appreciate it and they love that. And they know, Hey, it could happen again. Uh, but it's such a gift. Get your family on board. The thing that I have seen cripple people the most. And I had this with personal clients, people like this who said, gosh, I feel like there should be more. I want to do more yet. They had no example from their home. And the stereotypical thing I heard is mom or dad or both had a job at a place. They worked there 40 years. They didn't have anything in it, but they, you know, they put food on the table and God bless them for that. But they didn't provide their children with anything, uh, beyond that. And it left them with a void. And so, I mean, if you do something, even if it's a hobby on the side that you go after, you have joy and purpose and fulfillment and do that. It'll be one of the biggest gifts for your kids, your family. And of course we also know, Michelle, you know, this statistically, when you are going after something vocationally that you really are stoked about generally your chances of wealth from that skyrocket. I mean, we, mm -hmm. again, we know that we get, I think we give that a bad rub because we hear of somebody, oh, they went after their passion. Now they're on beans and rice. Well, if they do that, hopefully it was for a short time. And then later on, they live on caviar the rest of their lives. That's also the stereotypical story that we heard. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add. I have one more piece on this that you talked about, Michelle. Well, I just want to say what, you know, I think that is excellent advice, getting the family involved, the kids. I, you know, we, we, we do think we're trying to shelter them, but really we're hurting them by not including them. I, I've seen it firsthand in my own family. And when I pursued my passion, which really was my passion, 
what I get to do now and to see that they got it too. They were a part of it. They were excited for me, you know, and it, it was, it became a family affair. And so if I wasn't able to do something or be somewhere, but if I was, you know, but if it was in the pursuit of, of my passion and my dreams, they, they understood it. Um, and it's just so important to get everybody involved because we're not in a vacuum. You know, you're not starting a business on your own. Even if, if even if your family, your wife, your husband is not involved in the business at all, they're involved. <laughs> so get on board. That's just great advice, Kevin. Yeah. And from a legacy standpoint, I don't, I, I would not be proud of, of my kids at my funeral saying, you know what? Dad just, you know, he, he was kind of into comfort. He kind of took the easy road and we had food on the table and uh, really? That's, that's it. Now something, something you said though, Michelle, and you talked about, uh, the aspect of, yeah, we, I think we have this, this mentality because a lot of times we hear from people, folks, here's, here's one thing. When you're thinking about self-employment, I want you to, uh, to balance the people that you hear talking about self-employment with your perception of who self-employed people are. Michelle and I are both self-employed people and we're talking to you about it. That's because we're the kind of people who will get up and talk to you. There's a sea of people who are self-employed who will never hear from, and they're probably doing business better than us because they're better with the details and better with the, the orchestration and the operations from that. But you're never going to hear from that. And there's at least as much of us as there are of them. Maybe there are more. You just hear from us. So you're hearing from one perspective. So that I want you to cash what your perspective is uh, with that reality. But you, and, and of those people, and that was my point of getting to it, are often the kind who will jump willy-nilly headlong, full tilt into something, take the risk. Again, that is not who an entrepreneur is by proxy and by definition. So this aspect of what you talked about, Michelle, doing something on the side, building it up while you have your day job is what most people do. It's what makes the most sense. It's what's going to give the most comfort and security and, and legitimacy to that. The one thing I'll add to that though, is when you hear that, what you're hearing is, wow, life's pretty busy already. I'm going to go add more to it. And the answer is, yep, you are. And there's no getting away around that. That's when I had my organization that helped people in this transition. We ended up having a focal point, which is where I spend a lot of my time today in health and wellness. Cause we had people saying, you know what? I think you mentioned Michelle, you know, doing it at night, doing your side job at night. If it's at night in the morning on your lunch, whatever, it's doing more than you are now. Generally, you're going to need to say no to some good things in your life. So you can do this great thing. One, but two, you're going to need more for yourself. And so we, we had a lot of focus. It became a big, uh, focal point of our organization was health and wellness, getting yourself healthy and well. So you have more energy, which is why you hear people like Kevin Harrington, who we just interviewed, who, uh, weighs the same as he does, uh, at 60, as he did when he graduated high school, he, as he travels around the world, he has a 15 minute routine he does in his uh, hotel room every single day. And it's because he's got a lot he wants to do. He's got to keep himself at high energy. So that is a reality. And we've got to address that. That is, I love that about Kevin, by the way. And I, all that was going through my mind was, gosh, I want to know what that 15 minute routine is. So <laughs> he mentioned a little bit of it. I can't remember. It was like, you know, jumping jacks and push ups. I mean, he looks like, well, you've just spent a bunch of time with him. You know, he looks, he looks in great shape. Um, he does. He definitely does. Yeah. That's, that's a big piece of, go ahead. One other thing I'll just add to it and, and what you were saying, how busy, yes, you are adding more to life by, by having a business, but, but again, going back to the importance of doing something that you love, because when you're passionate about it, you're going to be more likely to accomplish it. Why start something that is going to feel like drudgery? So get that clarity on what are you passionate about? Where would you love to, 
you know, be helping people because that's really all a business is. It's serving others. And and that will help make the busy times favorable. Absolutely. And I think that comes back to where we started on what is the vision and do you want it bad enough? And I think for a lot of people, that'll save you a lot of time to realize that you don't or, or realize, gosh, I don't. I need to figure out why, how I can want it bad enough. But I think that's it. That's looking at, yeah, what's the risk of staying where you are? What, what are we as, what is your family and what is your friends? What is your humanity going to miss out on if you don't go after the thing that you're most passionate about that you are going to do to the best of your abilities, even if you don't know exactly what that is yet. Uh, And I think that we've both gotten the benefit. I think most people who have gone after something that they really are passionate about and they go forward and do it. They are very well aware of what they have been able to give and what they're being able to give. And that tends to fuel and they want to give more and give more and give more. And you give a guy again, we'll pick on Kevin Harrington who's worth half a billion dollars and he's more motivated than ever. And he's got his at age 60, his 30 year plan. Uh, that's 90 years old folks. Uh, that's, that's powerful. He wants to do more and give more. Uh, and it's exciting. Well, friends, if you're thinking of a job or career change or going after a business, you should be getting inspired by now. We've got some really great content to come. Here are two Ziegler resources for you before we resume this chat. Book Bound by the Sea. You've heard us talk about this in reference to what Michelle Prince offers. See if this resonates with you. I want to write a book, but I have no idea where to start. Or I want to leverage what I already know to be an expert in my field. Or I want to make a difference by sharing my story. If either of those sound like you, then Book Bound by the Sea is something you will benefit by checking out. It's a three-day, one-of-a-kind workshop. It empowers individuals, just like all of us, to write, publish, and market our books. A phenomenal workshop. It's held in beautiful Captiva Island, Florida, and has literally helped hundreds of authors get their stories out of their heads, onto paper, and into the hands of those who need and want it most. The Bookbound Experience is fully led again by best-selling author, Ziegler motivational speaker, publishing expert, and our very own Michelle Prince, my co-host right here on the show, who teaches you everything you need to know to write, publish, and market your book. Your story absolutely matters, and this workshop helps make it successful. So don't put off writing your book another day. We need to hear your story. Register at bookboundbythec.com. All right? bookboundbythesea.com. Tell them you heard about it right here on the Ziggler show. Well, next is Ziggler on demand. If you're listening to this podcast, we can assume that you understand what Zig Ziggler coined automobile university, which is using time spent on the go to expand your education. So if you value the teaching of Zig Ziggler would like to have it at your fingertips for any and every time you get the chance to listen, then you need Ziggler on demand Ziggler on demand. It's a membership site that allows you instant access to Zig's life changing programs on personal development, sales, family success. It includes how to stay motivated, secrets of closing the sale, strategies for success, closes, 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 courtship after marriage, and raising positive kids. For less than the cost of your Netflix subscription, you can use your smartphone or computer to pull up the Ziegler On Demand audio library and pick and choose what you're most interested in learning at any given time. As a special offer and for a limited time, you can claim a free download of Zig's classic audio program, Biscuits, Fleas, and Palm Pandles, which later became the best-selling See You at the Top book. Just visit ZieglerShow.com slash Z-O-D. 
Okay, no purchase necessary. Again, ZigglerShow.com slash Z-O-D. Well, so here's uh, another one that deserves just as much time, and it's going to overlap a little bit of what we've talked about here, but it's really powerful. I think a lot of you guys will resonate. Uh, He says, I've been having a difficult time articulating my challenge, but I'm going to give it my best shot. I left a sales career almost five years ago because I wanted to escape the profit before people way of doing business that every company I worked for lived by. I needed a change at the time. Believe the only way to achieve it was by doing something on my own. I also knew that I needed a break from the sales game. Since then I've dabbled in video production, copywriting and consulting, hoping to find a sweet spot that would allow me to combine my experience and desire to impact people's lives. But today I feel more confused and less focused than ever. Life has also thrown me many major curveballs since I've been on my own that have dramatically increased my empathy and resolve to help others. I have strong creative abilities that have largely been in hibernation for many years, and I feel strongly about using them to create something that leads with entertainment value and is packed with inspiration, encouragement, and guidance. Where do I begin in sifting through all of this to come up with options for a viable business idea? I'm essentially starting at age 50, starting over at age 53. Thankfully, thankfully my wife is providing some stability for the family right now, allowing me the time to put something together for our future. Uh, thanks so much for this opportunity. Uh, there's a lot there. There, there is. I, I have to start with the first thing he said that he left his sales career because he, he was tired of profit before people, which I totally understand. I was in sales for years and years and years. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to get out, but you know, I've learned something and, and I just want to offer this up. It's really a mindset thing because sales in and of itself is not a bad thing. And making money, profit is not a bad thing. Business is a, a, you're trading value for dollars. And so what I've seen over and over again, and and truthfully, the mindset I had my first two years in business before I read the email was, well, I just love what I do. I want to help people. So in my mind, I, it was more about serving and helping than making money. But then I couldn't, then I couldn't be successful. And so I changed the mindset that the more money you make, the more people you help and that profits are not a bad thing. And just because you love what you do does not mean you shouldn't charge for it or, or charge a good amount for it. Um, but that was the first thing that he said. And it just, it really resonated with me because Profit is not a bad thing. It's actually a wonderful thing, especially if you want to be in business for yourself. Yes. Uh, so you reminded me, right? You actually said this value for dollars, trading value for dollars. So Rabbi Daniel Lappin has been a guest here on the show. And even more so than that, he's one of these guys, when you find big leaders and influencers and authorities like Zig Ziglar and like Dave Ramsey, and I can go down the list of these big names that you're going to know. Most of them have Daniel Rabbi Daniel Lappin in their back pocket as somebody who's influenced them dramatically. My dad, Dan Miller also did. He wrote a book called thou shall prosper. And in the interview that you can go listen, I don't know what number it is with us. Uh, I did it with Tom Ziegler and he talked about money is a certificate of appreciation for providing value. Uh, now folks, I'll, I'll tell you, I, this is a big topic for me because I have spent the majority of my life leading with an altruistic bent which sounds good, but I did it forsaking monetary gain. And I am now at a point where I can say I've been healed of that. 
And uh, my next venture, my goal is to, I want the business to make a billion dollars. Uh, that is, that is my goal and it should do so because it's going to help mankind so much, but it's also going to create a lot of revenue that we can do what we feel like we should do with what God's called us from a stewardship standpoint. So absolutely. But I just, if you're out there and you struggle with the monetary aspect I feel you. I am, I am uh, a big part of that. have been a big part of that club. I understand that. And of course we all want to do something that is altruistic and that helps people. But through that, that's why, again, Daniel Lappin is, is uh, Rabbi Lappin is such an influence through that. He's saying, and you should be paid heavily for that and use that to further it. If you don't want the money, give it away and bless people that way. Uh, but right. th- so thank you for bringing that up, Michelle. And it's interesting you brought up Rabbi Lappin because one of the books that I read years ago now is Business Secrets from the Bible. He wrote that book. And it's all, it is along those same lines, right? And along the lines of Thou Shalt Prosper. And it is just a change in mindset. And when you change that, it's amazing how things can happen. Here's the other thing I I realized. Now, I am more in the coaching, speaking, uh, service business. So this may not apply to everyone. But I realized early on in the beginning, especially with my coaching business, I wouldn't charge very much. Or in some cases, I'd gift my time because I really wanted to feed into people. I wanted to help people and I wanted to see people thrive. What I found when someone else does not invest in themselves, meaning if you give it to them free or discounted, that's the you're in, they're going to in equal amounts, that's how much benefit they're going to get from it. So if they invest nothing, they'll probably get nothing out of it. When somebody is willing to put down hard-earned money and invest in themselves to do the coaching or to do whatever it is, the seminar, then then they're more willing to actually make change. So if if for those of us who really got into business to serve, to to help others, to to give back, then just know that that mindset has mindset has to change within you first, because you're all actually doing a disservice to other people by not charging them fair value for your hard-earned your hard work. Okay. We're going to come back to that, uh, in a, in a, in a second too. I want to hit that again, but I, I literally had a guy in my office 60 minutes ago and he spent three years. I'll even use the guy that he paid. It was Dan Kennedy. A lot of people know Dan Kennedy, marketing sales guru. And he was in a mastermind with Dan Kennedy for three years paying somewhere around 40 grand per year. So you hear that and think, okay. And you know, people like, I think Tony Robbins is famous for, you know, you can do his, his personal masterminds, a million bucks or something like that. On one hand, you think, okay, can anybody give that much value? So if I go there for a million dollars, you know, spend a million dollars, let's go back to Dan Kenny, 40,000 bucks, man, I better be making half a million dollars a year off of the counsel that he gives me. Okay. Possibly, but let's go back to what you said, Michelle, if I'm paying 40 grand, I'm doing it. Everything he offers, I'm doing it. And so is the benefit partially, what would we give? Maybe the benefit from him is, is half of what you get. The other half is putting your feet to the fire and we'll, we'll come back. We're going to come back to that one, uh, in regards to this guy's question. I do where you started, Michelle, you know, do you like sales? And you talked about that, that sales is great. Now, if he's doing it for companies, he doesn't support. I wanted to use that just for this. And this is off the self-employment aspect. For those of you who are, looking at who don't want that you're in traditional employment, but from a sales standpoint or from anything, if you're an accountant, um, what I would advise this guy to, to contemplate first off is that's what he's good at sales. And if he, if he does like that, that's a skill he has, 
go find a company that has something you care about. And I think we miss that a lot. We think about, okay, I want to look for something else. And we right off the bat, go look at the companies who are hiring, who do have employment options out there. And I'm going to ask you to contemplate, or to at least add into that, scrap that, uh, for part of your venture, just go find companies who have products and services that you love that you are yes. fervent about and go knock on their door and say, I want to work for you because of this. I would almost sell what you got or work for you guys for free. I love you so much and love what you're doing and believe in it. You get an employer to hear that. They don't hear that. They hear people who apply for the jobs that they put out there. You go and commit to it. You can tell what you, you can, depending on who the person is, this would be more up my style and say, look, I'm going to work for you. At some point, I'm going to, I'm going to stand out here and do it for free until you pay me to do it. I mean, there's literal some magic that can happen with a perspective like that, but just don't forget the opportunity for you to find a company, find a product, find a service who you yes. believe in. There's people that work for Chick-fil-A that I don't think they care about chicken. They just love what the company stands for. That's oh my bad. goodness, for sure. That, and that's such great advice. You know, that's exactly how I ended up at Ziegler because I, I experienced Zig when I was 18 years old and I told him, I'm going to work for you one day. You just wait and see. And it was because I wanted to be a part of changing people's lives. And I got to tell you something. I, I was very successful in sales there. My last year I was there, I was salesperson of the year. And do, did I ever feel guilty for selling products that I knew would motivate, inspire, and encourage and make and change the lives of people if they just in, you know read the book or listened to the audio, whatever. No, no guilt there because it was a product, Mr. Ziegler, and everything he stood for that I believed in. And Zig always has said, sales is a transference of feeling, of emotion. So when you love it and you believe in it, when you're telling every one of your friends and family and and you know prospects all about it. It's not because you're, you're forcing it. You're sharing it with them because you believe it is the best thing for them. So I agree with you, Kevin, go out and find a product. There are service companies, there are products, there are things that you can sell and know you're making a difference in someone's life. Absolutely. And I, I don't know why we wouldn't do that. Why, if you're working a job that you don't like to put food on the table, first off, God bless you for doing what you have to do. That should be temporary while you look for the yes. thing that is in your wheelhouse, that is lined up with your passions. And I think in today's day and age, with all due respect, there's not a whole lot of excuse for sticking with something long-term that you don't like. There's a lot of opportunities out there. It will take work and you might need to get some help, which I'm going to end on today, not with uh, pitching a, sp a specific person, but just the aspect going back to what you talked about, Michelle, of getting some uh, invested coaching, but a couple of things on this, just in regards to what should I do, Michelle, I wanted to hit on, cause he talked about, he's been involved with sales with apparently various companies. He mentioned video production, copywriting, consulting, that he has creative abilities that he has had in hibernation. He wants to do something that entertainment value and inspiration and encouragement and guidance. Okay. So here's just a quick exercise. that's good for anybody who finds themselves in that arena or is even not even sure what they're in right now is the directions they want to stay in long-term is to get a pen and paper out or get on your computer and make a list of all the things that you feel like you could provide value in. You've got some experience, you've got some skill, you've got some know-how. Maybe you have a little bit, you know, you could get a lot more, but write those things down. And then even the things that you, the hobbies that you have, the things that you enjoy, just make a huge list just to begin with, just a big brain dump. You might even need somebody to help. You might need a spouse if you've got it or a brother, sister, friend, anybody that knows you that goes, Hey, what about X, Y, Z? They'll probably pull out some stuff that you haven't thought about. List one, 
List two then is to go along and say, what are the things that you actually enjoy? Like this guy, he's, he's going to put sales down here, but I'm not sure if he would put, I enjoy that next to it. We don't know enough about him, but to do that, we, with the, with the reality that we go to school, most of us in traditional school, we go there and you are encouraged at the things you're good at. Oh, Johnny is really good at science. So, you know, that, that's what, that's what maybe a, a direction he should go in college. Well, Johnny may be good at science, but he doesn't really enjoy it. Uh, there were things that I was good at in school that I didn't enjoy. So we tend to, as a culture, I think because school somewhat advocates that to be pushed towards the things we're good at, but again, do we enjoy it? If not, it's not going to last long-term or you're just going to end up in something that you don't enjoy. But to balance that, Michelle, I don't know if you, uh, I'm sure you've been involved with that about, you know, people who are involved with something you're good at or had your own experience but you didn't enjoy it. I think that's a trap that we often fall into. So we can do that with our list. Now go back to the ones that we actually enjoy. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head where it's, it has to be the combination of, of that passion, what you enjoy and what you're good at or capable of, or your experiences. It's not one or the other because you can, there's no lack of things we could do or no lack of, of businesses we could start or companies we could work for. The key is, is finding out if it, you know, if you're going to spend all your energy and time investing into some business, you might as well enjoy it. So start there. But the other thing I will say in an exercise I did years and years ago is ask the, the five closest people to you, what do they see in you? What qualities? How would they describe you? What gifts do you have? It's amazing what other people see in you that you may not be ready to see in yourself yet, or you're just not capable to see it. But a lot of times your your spouse, your friends, your neighbors, the people that you work with, your, you know, they see things in you that will maybe help you get that clarity. And then the last thing I'll say is start thinking about what problem do you solve? What problem is out there that you can help solve? And then go in that direction. What problem would you love to hear to see solved? Where what skills do you have to help solve that problem? And you know, and if there's a problem out there and you don't have a way to solve it, move on. <laughs> That's not but there is a problem that only you uniquely can solve. And you sometimes have to ask other people to help you see that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, on a couple of things you said, I mean, you know, another part of this is you know, so we just talked about, you know, just, just a big brain dump of the things, again, that you enjoy, you have experience in past jobs, past, past things, even things you've done in a volunteer aspect. Maybe you did it at church or just, just get everything down there that you can then go through which of the ones that you actually enjoy. Uh, but part of that one too, is the re look at the reality of doing it day in and day out. So Thanksgiving just happened. My oldest daughter was here with her very serious boyfriend and he has been going down a pathway of being a teacher and in his off time out of college has been volunteering and doing some different things to be involved with kids in that genre. What he realized though, being out here in the mountains of Colorado, he is an outdoor advocate uh, guy. I mean, he loves being outdoors. He loves spontaneously taking off. And he all of a sudden looked forward and said, wait a minute, I'm just about to graduate and I'm going to dig into a five days a week teaching role that takes away that flexibility. I'm not going to be able to handle that good on him for looking at the realities of this. And now he's trying to find, okay, what are some other aspects that involve what he cares about, but that also give him his flexibility. That's brilliant. And of course at a time like his, but you can also do it like this gentleman at the age of 53, but to look at the realities of gosh, okay. in doing that job, what would it look like? But 
I'll go to what you said, Michelle, ask other people about it, get some feedback. I'll never forget a guy. It was on a, it was, it was like a live panel that I was on or a live show. I don't know, but he said he was really involved in health and wellness. He was a personal trainer at a high level, but yeah, he wanted to be self-employed, but he just didn't have the money to start his own gym. I go, is that the only place you see application to being a personal trainer? And we listed out, I had another guy with me and we listed out, you know, 10, 15 different things of ways he could apply that. Again, nothing against him. I think we all tend to do that. We see a role like my, uh, my daughter's boyfriend, he wants to teach. So he's going to go be a teacher. Well, now he's having to expand on my that. Where can I apply that elsewhere? So I think that's another exercise we can do with this, but we may need to ask some other people that are in that industry, in that arena that we can, uh, round out the opportunities there. But again, looking at the day to day. So again, we're trying to narrow down on hopefully what you have as a long list. Um, my last one on that, Michelle is marketplace viability is the next thing that you can do with those. Cause there are some stuff cause I could do that. I used to be a professional cyclist. Well, I could look at that now and get myself excited about it again, man. I have the skill. I have the know-how it's not all just about the strongest legs and lungs. It's like a chess game. Uh, cycling is on, on wheels and I had a huge amount of enjoyment, huge amount of skill and experience, but there came a, a time a long while ago where I realized I'm not going to go train five hours a day and, and travel on the weekends with the family I have. I, I, that's not a good place for me uh, in, in the marketplace. Viability is very slim. So let's look, let's jump to maybe option two. How about you know business? Well, yeah, that's where I, I know the most and, and has a lot of viability there. But again, looking at your own personal circumstances, what is viable right now uh, for you? And then looking at the marketplace viability. So just, yeah, go ahead. Again, so glad you brought that up because that is very, very important. And one other thing I'll add to that is don't feel like you have to recreate the wheel, meaning what is working? What is something similar that you want to do that is working? You know, when it comes to businesses, if it's if there is already another successful business doing it, there is likely an opportunity for more. There's more room, meaning so so don't try to create something so unique that is maybe not uh, people don't even know they need it yet. But find out something that is viable, that people are interested in, and then take your your turn on it. I just have to add this, and I don't know, I haven't obviously met your daughter's uh, boyfriend, but one thought as you were talking is he loves to teach. Right. So I imagine he loves to feed into young people, but he loves the outdoors. Well, again, don't re recreate the wheel. What about those? You know, there's some great organizations that are 100 percent all about teaching youth outdoors and taking them on trips. And, you know, uh, Young Life is one that comes to mind. But there's so many other companies that have that same passion. So go find them and go do it. But but it just might be a little outside the box. No, thank you for that. But I think that that just belies the reality that we don't tend to see very far outside of our box. We see one thing, we see an opportunity and we get stuck in there that we need to step back. And absolutely. I, you would think, why hadn't he thought about that? I, a kid that's in school going along like we all do. And, and he just, that's the way that he saw it. And he's just now that he, thank goodness he's doing it now before he absolutely he, he digs in there. Um, but to something you said, uh, one more thing from, from me, Michelle, on that you talked about, yeah, it doesn't have to be so dramatically unique. Yes. I, and I'm one of those people who's probably been a culprit in uh, perpetuating that thought. If you got to have your USP, you know, your unique selling proposition and what makes you stand out? Well, yes. Um, but when the other death knell I've heard too is, all right, I've got this new idea and nobody's doing it. There's no competition. 
Okay, that's that's a little scary, actually, because if nobody's <laughs> doing it, maybe there's a reason why. Now, not always. Somebody's always, you know, have a new invention here and there. But absolutely, there is room. I, I love what you said. If somebody's doing it, it, just means there's an opportunity. And there is room for all. Do we need another weight loss product? Do we need another fitness product or nutrition product? We're about to hit the new year. and We're going to see all these coming out again. And, and how can you not think, oh, my gosh, seriously? But there is such a voracious appetite out there, pun intended, uh, for things like this, that yes, there is. And there's somebody who wants a new flavor from a new voice. And they think that's new for the changes that are different in today's economy, which there are some, you know, always different changes. There is opportunity. And I think that's my biggest belief for anyone. If you've got something that you can go into what you said, Michelle, that you can solve a problem, uh, provide a value, there is opportunity, but, and, and Michelle, this is, this is my climax to the whole thing or my ending point, because we've come back to it. So so often we, and I'm going to, I'll say me, uh, have such, I am great at seeing opportunities for other, for others, for myself, very limited. Uh, it's very difficult. I had again, a guy in here with me today and I'm just sharing a new business that we're about to launch. And he asked a couple questions I hadn't thought about for one. And then he offered a couple ideas that I just hadn't occurred to me at all. I wrote them down. I'm going to be making phone calls on them today. Uh, it is invaluable to get third party help. Uh, now, if that's a, a parent, a spouse, a friend, a family, a mentor who will meet with you, some business person that you can go have coffee with, great place to start. And we did talk about this last week, Michelle, and I'm going to keep expounding on it. And I'm not going to do it because I'm not looking for coaching or counseling clients myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not being paid by anybody who is. But again, there are very few success stories that you'll see out there that did not pay money, whether it was a hundred bucks or a hundred thousand or a million to get some expert counsel from somebody like this guy who, who gave us this long thing here, he needs to take that to somebody, pay some money and get somebody to dig in. Who's experienced in this arena and help him see what he can't see, see the opportunities, help him figure out what's viable for him, for his life, for his family, for his finances, based on what he needs. I mean, that's a question I used to ask people who want to go into business for themselves and leave a traditional job is how much do you need to make a year? And then they'd give me that answer and I'd say, no, really, how much let's get it down to where we can, we can have the most opportunity here. Uh, anyways, the, the idea of getting expert outside counsel, we all need it. We need it in our business endeavors like this. We need it in our marriage. We need it in our parenting, parenting, our spiritual walk. If we want to get better, we need to get help. And I really am a believer. Go pay for it. Seminars, conferences, one-on-one -on -one is the hardest to, to, to beat because it provides most value. You can go to Ziggler.com and find coaching opportunities there. Uh, in this arena that we're talking business and career coaching, my dad, Dan Miller, is one of the most well-known, I think, on, on planet Earth uh, to Dave Ramsey's sites, and you can go find him at 48days.com. Uh, but Michelle, I mean, I, you're that, uh, so, you know, we talk about your, uh, book writing, coaching and counseling. I know you do other things as well. And we talk about book bound by the sea, uh, your events that you do. I mean, those are getting paid for expert counsel where yes, you can expect to get some results. Uh, well, you know what? And I'll let you speak after this on that. The one thing that I'll offer there, that's a little pet peeve. Okay. Can I admit this is when we say, well, you know, I'm going to go to that book bound by the sea, see if it'll work for you or work for me. Well, don't go with that mentality because the only thing that's going to work for you is you get some good outside guidance. There's no magic pill, but yeah, you get a, a guide. It's like going to the top of Mount Everest. You can get a Sherpa that can even carry your stuff. Nobody's going to carry you. You still got to walk. 
Mm, great analogy, which takes us right back where we started. It starts with the why. Why do you want it? And do you want it bad enough? Because if you do, you're going to want to get there as quick as possible. And that's why a mentor will help you. A mentor is going to help shorten that learning curve, get you where you want to go quicker. They learn lessons along the way, some, some pitfalls to avoid. And yes, if you want to be successful, you have to invest in yourself. You're already doing it now by listening to this podcast and feeding your mind. Take it one step further and find somebody in your area. I always say, find somebody who's doing what you want to do, the job you would love to have, and ask them to mentor you. And if they can't mentor you, then you know, pay them for their time. Find somebody. There's always a mentor out there for every single situation. Yes, and I'll just reiterate what you said earlier, that in paying for the counsel, the paying for it, the investing, the making that, making that expenditure, that may be 50%. For some of you guys, that may be 75% of the value. You need to go just pay anybody uh, to make yourself put money in the game, put skin in the game and uh, use that as part of your motivation. That's why I say sometimes I think the fact that I have a hundred kids, it's just to make me go out there and make things happen because I can't afford not to. (laughs) Uh, Michelle, thank you. Such a gift. So fun to do this. Um, Folks, I hope that was of great value to you. Well, friends, I hope this discussion got your wheels turning for what could be possible for you. If you want the opportunity to respond to our weekly questions like we have in these Friday shows, friend me on Facebook at agentkmiller.com. Coming up in our next show, episode 513, we bring you Dr. Henry Cloud and the art and training of leadership. He has possibly the most powerful online class that not only teaches you leadership, but if you take any business idea or startup and take it through his work, his workbook, his university, his class there, you will create a solid, well-worked out business plan. I mean, I've been around business development all my life. His online class is just unreal. I went through it myself and we unpacked it and more in this show. Again, episode 513 coming up next. Until then, thank you for letting us walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.